Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Picture Perfect. I am your host, Bobby Gross, and we have a unbelievable show for you this week. I've got not one, but I've got two special guests on the show. First off, I'm going to throw it to my buddy, Brandon Freeman, Instant Classic. Uh, what's up, my man? How are you, Bobby? What's going on, man? Great to see you today. This is the perfect episode to have you on for because I know it, when I started thinking about bringing the show back, I looked at all the movies that were coming out this summer and Fast 9, F9 was on the slate. There's only one dude that I'm going to reach out to and it was Brandon because you are like a huge Fast fan. You've been wanting to get me on the bandwagon. So I'm glad to have you on the show. But then I also reached out to another guy. You might know him from the movie trivia showdown. You might know him from Screen Junkie, Schmoes No, uh, JTE Movie Thinks, his YouTube channel. It is Josh JTE Tapia. What is up, Josh? Happy to hey, have you on the show. Up? Thanks for having me, Brandon. Bobby, nice to meet you. Uh, Fast and Furious is such a interesting franchise because it evolved into something that I don't think it quite started out as. Uh, it started out as a point break remake, honestly. <laughs> and yeah. it went to it did a Halloween three where they they made a third movie that has nothing to do with the rest of the series, but then they retroactively had to like fit it into the series. So I'm I'm curious to hear your guys' opinion on F9 and just what your overall thoughts on the franchise is. So this is gonna be a fun conversation. This is gonna be a ton of fun. And uh the way we started out, we wanna smooth it into the review. We're gonna start off with just a few things that we've been watching this week. Um, Josh, I know it's a little tough for you because and I, I mentioned this last week with uh, Chance Ellison, who was on the show. You know, a lot I, a lot of the Schmodown people don't wanna give away what they've been watching because sometimes, you know, you'll have the competition watching these mm -hmm. things, seeing what you're watching. So I'm gonna throw to Brandon first. Brandon, any movies or television that you've been watching lately? Yeah, you know, it's definitely been an interesting time, like with sports and everything. Like I've just been so deep into like playoff basketball. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of like probably like the last, you know, three weeks, almost a month has kind of been geared towards. So I've been only been able to fit in stuff here and there, just doing a couple date nights with movies and everything. I've watched some bad stuff recently. I've watched a movie on Netflix called Awake, and it has uh, okay. Gina Rodriguez in it, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, it's very much a ripoff of like Bird Box or like uh, A Quiet Place. And it's just the like the plot of the movie. I'm not going to give anything away, but it just doesn't make any sense. Basically, some like world event has happened and it's wiped off everyone's ability to fall asleep. And then just like just crazy stuff happens. And it's like an hour and, and 30 minutes long. And by the end of it, I still didn't really know what the resolution of the movie was. It's just it, it, it wasn't good wasn't good at all. I, I'm not I've, a big Gina Rodriguez fan, but I just did not like that movie at all. I've never even heard of that, Josh. I, Have I, you? I, I mean, like, where yeah, did that I, come from? <laughs> I, I think I saw a trailer for it when it first came out, but didn't that's, look great. That's the thing with like these Netflix releases. I think what I was reading earlier this year was they had a new original movie every week. And mm -hmm. it must have been one of those movies to where mm -hmm. like nobody really cared because especially now, like the theaters are open. All the bigger movies that people care about are out in theaters or on HBO Max, anything like that. Right. Um, but not not exactly a rave review for that one, Brandon. No, no, not at all. That was the one the girl <laughs> picked and that's on her. Um, I picked a movie. I had to catch up on uh, a movie. Um, Jesus, the name of it's the one with Carrie Mulligan. In it, promising young woman. Promising yeah. young woman. Yes, I had to catch up on that. Um, really good movie. Uh, 
tough, brutal ending. But honestly, yeah. when I sat there and, and when we talked about it afterwards, like the movie was kind of brutal. Like it wasn't like a fairy tale, you know, story at all. So like the ending, the way it came, it was like, yeah, it was kind of rough. But just the way that the whole movie kind of, you know, transpired, I, I think that it, it definitely worked well. And she's someone that I've, I've definitely been enjoying a lot. Um, the the supporting guy, I can't think of his name, but I, I heard he has a really good. Uh, show on like Netflix or something like that. I can't Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham, yeah. Thank you, Bo Burnham. Yeah, so I have to check out more of his stuff on there. But again, I I, I enjoyed, enjoyed that movie a lot, for sure. Did you see um, Bo's uh, movie 8th Grade from a few years back, too, Brandon? I didn't check that out, no. Oh, my God. That, that was an unbelievable... One of my favorite movies of that year. Yeah. I think Bo was just uber-talented. Um, Josh, did you watch that uh, new special of his yet on Netflix? Yeah, I did. Uh, I agree with you. Eighth grade, he directed eighth grade. He's actually not yeah. in it and uh, did a phenomenal job. And yeah, he co-stars a promising woman. I think he's great in that. And then that Netflix special was crazy. Like he does the whole thing in his apartment and the creativity is just like <laughs> off the charts. So yeah, he's uber talented, just like you said, Bobby. And it's one of those things where like I had a couple of friends ask me like, what have you been watching lately? And that was one of them, the, the inside special from Mo Burnham. And I recommended it to both of them, and they both came back to me disappointed because mm. it's more, it's not really like a comedy special that he usually does. Obviously, yeah. because it's from his house. So he wasn't on stage performing or anything like that. But it's very, um, it's, it's super unique in the way that he, he shoots, he performs everything. Like it's all, it's a one man show. And it's definitely claustrophobic too. And the, just his comedy is a little, um, subversive like the stuff that he talks about some people want more broader comedy but I, that's like right up my alley the bo burnham stuff so um yeah definitely definitely check out bo burnham inside if you For haven't sure. uh jay uh josh what have you been watching lately man been watching quite a few things i recently rewatched hellboy and hellboy to the golden army Ooh, okay. uh, I, I recently been i've been upgrading some of my older titles to 4k uh, yes. I, I actually i have a Obviously, 4K too, but I, have, I just bought a 4K projector. Mm. I moved, so I have oh my just God. going kind of crazy on it. I uh, still really enjoy those movies. I am in the camp that Hellboy 2, I think, is a better film overall. I think visually it's more compelling. Although the first one has some really cool stuff in it, like the villains, I think, are much more interesting in the first film. But I think the second one, I remember watching Hellboy 2 in theaters and thinking this is kind of like what people probably felt like when they first saw Tim Burton. The way he yeah. just kind of creates these worlds and these creatures, and I don't know, it's just the creature effects and just the way he, the world building has its own distinct style, which very felt like a Tim Burton esque feeling to me. So I was a huge fan of Golden Army. Rewatching them, they look great in 4K. Still enjoy the first film. I think the first film, the ending, has a huge CGI monster, which doesn't look great to yeah. today's standards. Whereas I think the ending of Hellboy Two really works beautifully and is just a lot of fun and creative and i i really wish del toro would have made his third film i know they were trying for a while mm -hmm. said we got the reboot but yeah those first two films are still really entertaining and i think you know rob perlman is just perfect for that role yeah and that's the thing like you mentioned 4k right like i i, I got mm -hmm. all my 4ks in the background right now i'm building <laughs> it out and it was perfect wow. because um you know prime day this past week Yep. So put all the stuff on sale, got a couple of things there. 
it's interesting when these um, older movies get converted to 4K because, like you said, uh, Josh, a lot of these effects don't hold up as well. But it's mm-hmm. kind of a give and take because 4K is not all about visual. It's all also about uh, audio-wise. Mm-hmm. So when, I mean, Saving Private Ryan, like that 4K, I watched that a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable. Like, it's a 20-year-old movie, and obviously the effects are going to hold up better. But it's almost mm-hmm. like you would be in an, an IMAX or a Dolby theater when you watch that in 4K. Yeah, I recently picked up the Neon Jones set. And mm-hmm. before that, I got the Back to the Future. The 4K is unbelievable like it's yeah, i yeah. i put in my old indiana jones blu-ray just to, just to compare you know obviously you know when you throw the 4k in, it looks amazing but i put in that 1080p blu-ray and then i immediately put in a 4k and mm-hmm. you can see the difference especially i have a projector screen so the bigger the image the more detail as it comes out so the blu-ray really looked like it was kind of stretched out to its limit and just looked like it was it looked it looked kind of cheap and yeah. then you throw that 4K in, and everything's just pristine. Mm. Uh, Spielberg really knows; he really knows to make sure his 4K movies are top notch. And uh, I haven't seen Lord of the Rings in 4K yet, and I hear it's amazing. Yeah, I've uh, heard that too. And speaking of the Prime Day, I picked up the Matrix 4K, which I haven't yet had a chance to jump into, but I'm really looking forward to that because I'm sure that's going to look amazing and sound amazing. Yeah, I picked up the uh, Hitchcock set for mm-hmm. like 40 bucks or something like that, which nice. is un- an unbelievable deal. And then I picked up the Men in Black trilogy on 4K, mm-hmm. which is okay. super hard to find. Brandon, I know that you're a big digital guy. Do you do you collect the, the 4K movies at all or are you just straight digital? No, no, I, I, I've gotten some 4K just because like my PS5, I like wanted to like test it out and everything like the, the hard version, the physical version versus digital. But I mostly, mostly yeah. stick with digital. It's definitely interesting when Josh had mentioned about um, Indiana Jones. Um, I actually just got the, the set, the 4K set, mm-hmm. um, just oh, a couple wow. days ago. And literally just this morning, I went through Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I just watched maybe about like 10, 20 minutes. I was like, let me just check this mm-hmm. out. And just like a movie from 1981, just looking that good. It's just yeah. ridiculous. I threw on Ghostbusters. I'm just like, mm-hmm. we used to watch this in a 4 by 10 box. Mm-hmm. And just had like the best time with it. And now that we see these movies now, like the technology is just unbelievable. Yeah, First Blood is a movie I watched growing up all the time. And I remember I had the VHS. And I feel like MGM, for some reason, just their VHSs were like lower quality than some of the ones you would get from like Warner Brothers. Yeah. And to go to watch, you know, this movie your whole life growing up, then it makes it to DVD. You're like, oh my God, this looks amazing. And then it makes a Blu ray. Then when I got the First Blood of 4K, it's just like, it's never going to look better than this. Uh, I, I know there's 8K talk. I just oh, don't God. know. I think you're getting too I, like how crazy. Yeah, how get, much right? how much sharper can it get than this? Uh, so it's just amazing to watch these movies growing up and revisit them with these immaculate <laughs> transfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like a moviegoer's dream, really. Absolutely. And the most depressing part about all this is somehow like the majority of people still buy DVDs. If they're buying physical media, for whatever reason, that's the majority of the sales. Uh, It's like, you know, and and the same people sign up for all these streaming services. And most of the time, like uh, Disney Plus has the 4K Netflix. If you pay more, you get 4K on it. But meanwhile, like they can't even tell the difference between like motion smoothing and regular like frame rate, which Mm -hmm. drives me insane. Yeah. Um, which, ju- that, but that just makes me laugh. Like they, they, we just got 4k and now they're trying to make 8k happen. 
but I'm super stoked because this is going up on Tuesday. But so today, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory just came out on 4K. Mm. So I, that's like one of my all time favorite movies. And that's one of the kind of like what you were saying, um, Josh, with First Blood, I grew up on Willy Wonka. So to have mm. this in 4K, um, I, I cannot wait to scoop it up because I'm sure it's going to look amazing. Um so what I've been watching, basically, I've been catching up on all the, on all the fast movies. So I I went through one to eight for the past month and a half, um, mm. and I actually the first one I actually saw was Hobbs and Shaw when it came out a couple of years ago in the theater. I was um, very I don't mad know, at you with that. <laughs> I, <laughs> listen, The Rock sells me on these things, which yeah, is kind of funny it. because I mean he's in Fast Five and on, so I should have probably given it a shot. Um, how, how do you guys feel about Hobbs and Shaw? Because for my first experience for Fast and the Furious, um, I, I don't think I was expecting the over-the-topness like right out of the gate because, I mean, it, Idris Elba is basically Superman in that movie. Um, where, where does that rank uh, as far as the Fast movies for you guys? You go ahead, Josh. Towards the bottom for me, I, I really felt the movie was bloated. Didn't really have a sense of pace. It was just like... One action set piece. It made for a great trailer. I yeah. was really excited. I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, this is like a throwback to like Tango and Cash. It's going to be ridiculous. And I remember like being in the theater. And by the time they got to Hawaii, I was like, this thing should have been over by now. And then it went out for another 30 minutes. And the action, I guess, never had any weight to it. It just felt too cartoony. Um you know, say what you will about the Fast and Furious movies, they're ridiculous, but you care about the characters a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you actually are invested a little bit into the action where Hobbs and Shaw, they don't really take the action serious from the get-go. So you're it's just like two video game characters going through a level. It feels <laughs> that, like that, satire, honestly. Yeah, I can't die. So I was pretty disappointed with Hobbs and Shaw. Um it's uh yeah, it's got a lot of issues. It's very How about you, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, this was a movie that I didn't even care to see just because, I mean, the splitting of the Fast franchise mm -hmm. just didn't really make sense. And like you said, Josh, like as, as cheesy as everyone keeps saying, like the characters and like the family aspect of this franchise is what kind of carries everything on and keeps me interested in it. So when you mm -hmm. take two characters who I enjoyed when they were with everyone else, when you take them and you split them off and they do their own thing, like again, there's like you said, there's no weight to anything, especially when these characters we know they're in invincible. Like we've only had like one death, maybe two in the whole franchise, like meaningful deaths. So like when you push them off to their own franchise and do their own thing, like you know you're getting cool action for sure, but you're not really caring about what's happening to these actual characters. So this was, I mean, it, it was something that was enjoyable for like the two hours that you watch it, just like every other fest. Uh, fast and furious movie <laughs> yeah, yeah just like this movie that we watched but you know again that's something that i don't even when i rank when i do my rankings of fast i don't even consider yeah. it honestly it's, it's definitely near the bottom for sure yeah and this past week i was just on the the newer stuff so five six seven and eight and they kind of all blend together for me like you know there there's different aspects to it that are different but overall like even in this the the new one I can see myself just like it's kind of like um, some movies like you get to Mission Impossible or the Bourne movies like who who really knows what happens in each one. They kind of all blend together at one point. Um, the Pirates of the Caribbean is kind of like the same for me. Um, but yeah, Fat Furious 7 specifically, though, um, with the Paul Walker stuff that kind of like I'm I'm still not 
huge. Like this isn't still one of my favorite franchises, but that still like stings when that that ending ten minutes of that movie. Um, and it's it kind of unexpectedly hit me emotionally. Um, I can only imagine for you guys because I mean that this is stuff that you've watched for years and years, and me, I'm just catching up on it now. Um, but w- when Furious Seven comes out, and I'm assuming both you guys saw it in the theaters at the time, yeah. um, w- how is it in your theater when you know it's kind of all the action dies down and we finally see the send off um, to Paul Walker in the movie? Oh, the the whole theater is in tears, and everyone's like super bummed out and everything, and. I mean, it was definitely an experience. It was something with the Paul Walker death that just kind of hung over the entire movie. So you just kind of knew eventually it was going to be addressed, even though he had his scenes and the stuff with the CGI, especially when you watch it multiple times, you can definitely tell those moments where it's in there. But again, it was just something that kind of hung over the movie and it wouldn't actually happen. Again, everyone was super sad and super bummed out. And obviously going back, you're thinking that was like the perfect ending to this whole series that they could have kind of just stuck out at, but obviously Universal is going to try to milk this for as much money as they possibly can, which, I mean, I understand that. That's that's business. But yeah, like I said, this was like a super, super sad thing. And, and like you said, it even hits you for someone who's only been watching the movies for, for six weeks or so. Like yeah. for us, like you've been watching it for 15 years or so, and you kind of, you know, grown to like these these characters, you've grown to like the actors, you watch Paul Walker in other movies like Running Scare just because he was in Fast. It's like, oh, let me just see what's going on with him. So again, when that hit and that's that scene and that whole finale, and the finale was awesome. Like I love just the way that that whole movie ended. Um, again, like the whole theater, it was just it was super sad. But I feel like it was needed, honestly. Yeah. How about you, Josh? Yeah, I'm trying to remember when I saw theaters. I don't remember if people were crying or, you know, tearing up. I don't remember if I did, but I just remember being, you know, very obviously it's sad. You're coming with this real life knowledge of somebody who tragically passed. And yeah. I think as a film geek, you're watching to see a little bit like, oh, where, how do they work this into the story? Like, definitely the action sequence towards the very end. I think, you know, they did a really good job of intercutting with Stuntman and his brother. Um, but yeah, it was really sad. It was a beautiful send off, which, you know, I give them credit for. And this is James Wan. This is not Justin Lin, who's mm-hmm. kind of like carried this yeah. franchise. James Wan took over and did great. I thought he brought a lot of new energy into the film franchise that uh, it's a little more over the top than what Justin Lin does. Uh, you see, Aquaman, <laughs> that movie is <laughs> excess over the top, but in kind of the best way possible. Yeah. But yeah, I think they did a great job. I don't know how you could have done a better job of like kind of tipping your hat to Paul Walker. And, you know, the whole family aspect, the way the cars just split oh. and like the overhead shot, it was so well done. I, I, it was a lot better done than I think I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a beautiful send off. And yeah, the series could have definitely ended right there. But like uh, Brandon said, billion dollars mm-hmm. says we're coming back for another. <laughs> the Universal theme park ride. Like, yeah. of course, they're, you know, and then they at the and then, you know, they make the spinoff of Hobbs and Shaw and mm-hmm. coming off of fat uh, F9. I really hope they don't make more spinoffs because um, they kind of yeah. open themselves up to that. We'll get to that um, probably in the spoiler section. Um, but let's just get right into F9. Um, so like I had said, I've been watching these movies for the past couple months. So I, for years, Brandon will tell you, uh, he, he always pumped up these fast movies. And for me, um, they always just look too stupid for me. 
um, which kind of are. Um, but there's also a charm to it that I just didn't catch on, uh, catch on to until I watched them. So I don't really have much of an attachment to this, but going into F9, you know, these newer ones, because F5 was essentially a reboot of the whole series. Uh, the 1 to 4 is a completely different series of movies. 4 kind of blends into 5, but it still has some leftover um, kind of cheesiness. And uh, it just, it 4 is like one of my bottom ones personally. Um, but when when we look at F9... There's a lot missing from this movie. Uh, we don't have The Rock. We don't have Jason Statham. Um, you know, it's it, those are two big characters that have been introduced in this universe, and there's no real explanation as to why they're not here anymore. And you know, not good, again, non-spoilers. So we're gonna put timestamps in the description if you want to skip the spoilers. Um, but there, while there was stuff missing from this movie, I think there's some of the best fast and furious stuff in it as well um the, the action set pieces i think they bring it to a new level of craziness in this one it's just like and i, I give it credit because it's it's inventive it's not just action for action's sake they actually do stuff with cars because you know with the original ones it's mostly like street racing and i'm not a car guy so i couldn't care less about the early ones that's why there was a disconnect for me with like one to four but with this one it was super interesting to see how they incorporate the newer characters. Um, you know, we have John Cena coming in. We lose a rock, but we lose John. Uh, we gain John Cena. I don't know if that's a fair trade off, um, but overall, I think it's just a fun time. Like, if you like the fast movies, you're gonna like F9. I, I think. I know Brandon might have. I don't know. I've I've heard his thoughts on the F8 uh, Fast 8, so he might not agree with me here, but um for me like this is what I want from a Fast and Furious movie because in in innately it's ridiculous. So, and especially in this one they acknowledge how just ridiculous this whole universe is, which I enjoyed. Um so I I had a really really good time with this movie. Uh let's throw it to Brandon. Brandon, what what did you think of uh F9? So my opinion might be skewed a little bit because right off the bat, I enjoyed the moment, like the time of watching this movie, just being after everything from this past year, just being in the theater. Granted, I saw I saw Mortal Kombat a month or two ago when it was in theaters, but God, there was what six, seven people in the theater. We still had masks mm-hmm. on and everything. So I mean it was cool to be there, but it wasn't an experience where you like to see with like your summer blockbusters. This one, granted, it wasn't like a packed house, but I would say there was probably 50 people in there. And just being in the theater in like that environment was really, really cool to see like big explosions, hear everything super loud. Like that was enjoyable. So going in and watching Fast Nine and leaving out. I can say that I enjoyed my time watching that movie. The movie itself, I don't think was very good, honestly. Um, the the action was definitely like over the top, like we like we had talked about, Bobby. I felt like by far this was like the craziest one, you know, that they did. Um, this was a movie that I was kind of excited going into it, but I also didn't know a lot. Um, this is like my PSA for people. If you know that you're going to go see a movie, something that you're super excited about, don't watch all of the trailers and all of the TV spots because you're going to spoil yourself. When I left the theater, I came home and I watched all of the trailers for it. And what I saw was in that trailer. I'm like, 
good God, they spoil so much stuff in here. And if I saw this stuff, especially one of the things that we'll get to later, I would have been upset, honestly, because like they, they told you everything that you were going to see on there. So for me, not seeing like any type of I saw the initial trailer, but mm-hmm. I, like the TV spots, like when I'm watching like the, the game, it comes on. I literally mute it and I stop watching it because I don't want to be spoiling anything at all. So I think all of that coupled with, again, being into the theater for the first time in a while definitely helped with my experience in watching the movie. So I definitely enjoyed it. Just the first thought was that it was better than eight just because I didn't care for eight at all. Um, I still have problems with the story and like the franchise and everything, but my overall experience for this movie, I thought it was a fun experience. I didn't think it was a great movie. How about you, Josh? What, what, walking out of this the- the theater, what, what did you think about it? it I, I think it's a mid-tier Fast and Furious movie. I, I put If you were going to rank it, it's going to be somewhere in the middle, right next to Fast 8 probably. I, I agree Fast 8, I think at times F. Gary Gray – didn't quite get the rhythm and speed of what a Fast and Furious movie was. And some of the fight choreography is not great. It's sped up in Fast 8. And I remember watching it because I watched Fast 8 right before I went and saw 9. And But I do think the third act of F8 is fantastic. The whole submarine over-the-top <laughs> insanity, yeah. you know, busting through the ice. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. Uh, F9 is a mixed bag. I feel like at times it felt like a triple X movie more than it was a fast movie, especially the opening, which is like, you know, something James Bond has been doing forever. They open with a huge kind of set piece. Mm-hmm. I actually like when I go back to F eight, I like the opening scene with the whole crane and the giant wrecking ball. I thought oh, that yeah. was a really creative opening scene. And when Vin Diesel turns on the group, this one, I, it wasn't bad. It was still cool. But at the same time, it felt like, it felt a little bit like triple X. I wouldn't be surprised if in F10, they find out that somebody has cloned Duretto and that they, his name is Xander cage. And it's going to be like Van Damme and double impact. We're going to have triple X meets fast and furious because this movie felt like it's getting closer to that big spy kind of movie than it is like, at least with five, it's a heist movie. And right. then I think really with like seven and eight, you're really against this whole espionage kind of spy stuff. This one just kind of doubled down on that aspect. And there's a whole aspect of this movie that wasn't really hinted at in the trailers. So I'm not going to talk about till spoilers. And it takes a large chunk of the first half of this movie. And I was not expecting that because they really don't look, show you any of that in the trailer. Very yeah. little, if any. And I remember just being watching the movie and like, wow, this is uh didn't expect this. Um, I do think The Rock and Jason Statham are sorely missed. Um, mm. I think there is no reason for them not to be here, especially with everything that they're dealing with. It just makes no sense for not to be involved, especially after Hobbs and Shaw. That's what these guys are capable of. Why are they not here helping the fam? Uh, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, so there's certain <laughs> things you kind of just have to ignore with a Fast and Furious movie. Um, yeah, it's a mixed bag for me, and I'll get more into spoilers. Uh, I think – Vin Diesel is taking this movie so serious. He <laughs> needs everyone sure. else here is here to have a good time. Tyrese, Ludacris, they're all here to have a good time. And <laughs> Vin Diesel thinks he's going for his Oscar. And it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're slowing everything down. Let's, I don't know. It, it, it's a little bit of a mix of tones. Some of the tones in this movie yeah. are a little bit off. It's not, it's not a great blend. See, I, I don't think that bothered me as much because because I've been marathoning for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like 
Vin clearly, as these movies progress, he clearly gets more and more creative control. So, yeah. like in the last one in F eight, and uh, you know, with the wife and kid, like it, that that one is kind of used for the plot, but <sighs> it's clearly so because. It, it got super, super dark. And especially when they kill the wife and it just yeah, comes exactly. out of nowhere. Like I'm here to have a good time and see ridiculous things. Like this movie <laughs> kind of jumped the shark and nuked the fridge in like six, I think. I think six is where it just went off the deep end. And you're like, okay, you know, it's no longer physics and reality is no longer. When they jump across here. the bridge yeah. and catches yeah, ex- her. And- exactly. <laughs> so for me, you know, I've kind of, come to terms with that when i go see these movies i know what i'm getting into and part eight felt like vin diesel's like i need to make this more serious and every time they went to the baby and the ma and the wife <laughs> or the ex-girlfriend i was just like get me out of here let's get back to the crew and yeah i felt the same way with this one a lot of yes. times yes. yes yes every time it started becoming the vin diesel like you know drama i was like get me out of here let's get back to a crazy set piece and these fun characters interacting which again i think the last few films it like we say it's the family it's the characters interacting and dealing with these crazy scenarios this movie really felt like we were missing a lot of those people like the people that do come in come in for one scene it's not even them all together yeah. it really kind of felt disjointed and almost not quite the last few i don't know if it was scheduling conflicts or just the way the movie was written and why the rock and salem are in here i don't know even i liked the eight when luke evans showed up at the very oh, yeah. end with Statham. i was like this is awesome there's nothing like that in this one and helen mirren has a cameo which you see in the trailer which doesn't even need to be in the movie no yeah you definitely feel it uh that they split the crew up for yeah. whatever reason, I, I, I'm just going to assume it's scheduling wise there. There had to be because I mean, I mean this on. cast is so big that what does I mean, Tyrese Ludacris got going on? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, can't be scheduling. Vin, Vin was probably doing bloodshot yeah. or something like that probably. since this has been since this has been in the can for like a year. Well, so. they've also had like that onset drama between Vin Diesel and well, the yeah, Rock. The Rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't I don't know if that's still boiling over. Yeah, they better they they need to bring these guys back for the epic conclusion you better bring everybody finality, back. yeah yeah bring everybody back i mean is there even a finale in the horizon as out of this point like yeah i, I just figure <laughs> yeah. like it's just gonna keep going and uh, again not gonna spoil anything there's definitely something that they insert into this movie where mm-hmm. i'm like oh my god th- this this can go really sideways very fast um, but you did make a great point before, uh, Josh, that, you know, it really started taking a turn in six. And that's when James Wan came on. And then F. Gary no, Gray. Wan was seven. Wan, seven. Se- yeah. yeah, seven, seven. So it started taking a turn in six, but then Lynn mm-hmm. goes away. Wan comes in in seven. And then it's just like, okay, it's it's straight craziness right now. Um, and then we have F. Gary Gray in the last one. Lynn comes back for this one. Um, did you sense any of those um, creative decisions that you know were in the previous one earlier fast movies that Lynn had his hands on or was this just like you know what we know what this movies are now like what what can I possibly do here um, well, that could you know I was excited for Lynn come back only because he directed some of the best ones I think five 
and six are two of the better ones, especially in the most recent since like five rebooted it. You know, I'm not a huge fan of four either, but I think yeah. he didn't have the budget he was able to have with five and six. And I thought James Wan seven might be, seven and five are probably two of my favorites. Yeah, I think James Wan brought a whole new energy and just the way they jump around the world and the whole Jason Statham, who's like this someone who just pops up throughout every mission and messes everything up. There's so, so, such a fun dynamic there. And five was just like, you know, the ocean's 11 of fast and furious, the set pieces and that are amazing. The safe scene, still one of the best scenes of all the films. Oh yeah. Um, so for me, I was excited for Lynn to come back. I think the problem is Mr. Vin Diesel is <laughs> in charge. Now I think Lynn is a director for sure. But I think at the end of the day, Vin Diesel has final say and i think he's kind of taken over the story a little bit um and it's just it's just the tone i it really comes down to tone for me there's times where this movie is trying to be a dumb fun movie and it's trying to be a serious family drama and i'm like no i was like you could have a little bit of that but this movie really it's 50 50 and it kind of slows things down it doesn't really get a good pace and then but there are good action scenes i mean the, yeah. justin lynn knows how to set up a great action sequence and the whole thing with the magnet it's fantastic but uh it just doesn't come over it just doesn't come together as a whole i think completely successfully i think yeah, that, i would definitely uh, agree that the serious stuff takes away from you know what the fun and campiness of it i don't, I don't know how you feel Brandon, because f8 like you know i don't think it's coincidence that you know it, it you have tanks on ice and submarines but then you have uh vin's baby mama getting shot so like what what's going on here for for me like i think the series they probably have a couple but there's a gift and a curse with this series where there is no source material for fast and furious so you literally can just make anything up but they had you know justin lynn coming back is awesome but i think like one of the biggest parts of of the the, the puzzle is that they don't have chris morgan uh, writing mm. the movies anymore so well, like every single one yeah he wrote <laughs> all of like pretty much from from what three up until eight and i didn't even think he did um hobbs and shaw as well again there's no source material but this is the guy that has the, is the brains of the operation he's the one that's coming up with everything so to take him out of this situation yeah. and to put someone else in I, I definitely think it threw everything off so even with justin lynn coming back and providing all these cool you know set pieces and action scenes and everything still like the story is from a guy who's who's gone from uh, gone away from the franchise, and and that was definitely mm -hmm. a sour note for me, just because again, all of my favorite stuff is the stuff that Chris Morgan wrote. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I I just looked it up. You have three different writers on this movie, including Justin Lin himself. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't I don't that that seems a little odd to me, just because. Um, he hasn't written a lot of movies, Justin Lin. So I, I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was Lin and Diesel working on this movie, and then Lin just takes you know a third of the credit here because I mean it's clearly it's these are Dom's movies at this point. Like it was Paul Walker's for a while, and then unfortunately he passed. So now you know Vin is taking over, and um, I don't know if he's aware of this, but he's not a good actor. <laughs> So it just like Paul Walker wasn't a great actor either, but yeah. at least he had um, like a common man aspect to him to where mm -hmm. you cared about him. Like he wasn't like the superhuman. He grew that... into the role as well. Exactly. We, we saw him 
and because I mean he's he was around for pretty much every movie except for Tokyo Drift. You know, Vin went away for a while and then he came back. So he so Paul Walker was really the the through line through all these movies. And once uh, we lost him, it's like Vin is like, all right, now I, like you said, Josh, time to win my Oscar. And boy, this these are not the movies that uh, is going to do yeah. that for him. And he did show up in Tokyo Drift after credit scene. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> Which was like, oh, I remember being in the theater seeing Tokyo Jeff, and everyone's like, oh, Diesel's back. And then four was like, we're getting the team back together. But I really do feel like the films, you know, when they had Paul Walker, it was both their stories. And especially with five, it was more of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. And I felt that way with all of them. And then it really feels like these last two are kind of zoning in on Diesel, man. And I think it's a little bit, he needs to step back and make it more of a more of a you know collection of characters and more of a give everybody a little bit give them some sort of storyline ludicrous yeah. has no storyline here he's just here because he's he's here i'm part of family uh branch out a little bit more into these side characters um don't just make it all about dom yeah there's no real character progression besides vin like he's yeah. he's the only one and yeah. you know i will say in this movie because i've been watching all of these i i could not stand um Roman, I, I couldn't stand Tyrese in these movies and until this one because it seemed like, okay, now Tyrese is the only sane one, ironically, in these movies where he's throughout this whole movie, he's like questioning, how is this possible? Well, like he's, he's essentially the audience surrogate. Exactly. Um, he's always been that, I feel like. He's always the one in all the movies who's like, what are we doing? We're, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I feel like he's always the one who's the audience surrogate. Like I said, he's the one calling out the craziness. Um, I, I, don't I feel like he was one. just a whiner for most of it. Like this one, it, it seemed like he he was whining, but no, it, it was more in he, the fact like what he's – why are we going to space? <laughs> this yeah, is nuts. Why, yeah, he's like, why am I in the, you know a rocket car? But – I always felt like that was his job. I always felt like he was kind of audience surrogate. And yeah, he's like annoying, but like in that annoying little brother way, he kind of like that's what his role was in the family. Um, again, he doesn't know Dom. He met, he was Paul Walker's best friend. Yeah. And he, the way he kind of entered the story. I need to go back and watch five again because five is really the one I feel like sets the table for all the movies going forward where we're at right now because it brings all the different characters together was it seven that brought back lucas black or was it six i can't remember he had a cameo in seven it it was seven yeah Yeah. it's crazy how they kind of had to work backwards (laughs) they're like in the whole han thing is a whole aspect of this movie timelines were all messed up for a while like yeah that's right the timelines were messed up and han to me i thought they did okay job bringing him back into the fold i it wasn't like the most creative it was a whole like side story, which I'm like, okay. And it was almost like a way to introduce a new character. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was fine. I was hoping for maybe for something a little more creative, a little. Oh yeah. They don't really explain how he, nope. <laughs> I, it's kind of just brushed over. <laughs> oh, and Mr. Nobody Tyre- did this thing. Yeah. No, it was even Tyrese in the movie <laughs> is like, but how did you get out of the car? Like, and they still don't really explain. No it, answer. So, yeah. I thought that could have been done a little. I because they made such a big deal out of it. Like, yeah, he's back, and I was like, oh, I'm real curious to see how. And I they gave a backstory, but at the same time, 
they didn't really explain it for they didn't put the focus on him they even brought another character in him so i'm like exactly right, like should we jump in i want to care about han i mean i don't know if that's yeah. necessarily well, let, a spoiler but let's just give yeah. like overall thoughts real quick like brandon where where does this rank for you in the in the fast universe um and what what are you looking forward to going forward again this is probably a movie i would probably watch more than i would watch fast eight i love f gary gray i just I don't know if he was the right choice for this. It's in a different timeline. I would love to see F. Gary Gray get Too Fast, Too Furious, and John Singleton get Fast 8. I would just love to see what that dynamic would be between those two. Because I love those two directors. So I would love to see those switched on there for sure. F. Gary Gray was coming off straight out of Compton. So I think Universal is like, give this man a huge – because he just had a huge hit. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And they were like, give this man Fast and Furious. Right, for sure. And like I said, that's something, as far as this movie, it's probably, I mean, it's probably the bottom part of like the middle of what I have as far as my rankings. Mm -hmm. I would probably, again, I would watch it over eight. I would probably watch over four for sure, just because it's a more fun time than four. Four is just like a little bit too serious. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I don't think this was like, again, that's a fun time. If you understand the Fast movies, if you're like me who loves Triple X Return of Xander Cage is <laughs> just the goofiest movie. You're going to enjoy mm-hmm. stuff like this. It's just the story from what we've seen, like the progression of Fast. I didn't think it was good in regards to that. But again, I enjoyed watching the movie. How about you, Josh? Where does this rank for you? Bottom? Yeah, it's mid-tier. You know, it's so funny. I keep You keep bringing up F8, and it's hard for me because I think the third act of F, Fate and the Furious, I think that whole submarine sequence is better than anything in this movie. Uh, but I also understand how everything before that is pretty weak. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's really tough. Fate of Furious is like a real mixed bag, kind of bland. And then I think the last like 30 minutes is pretty awesome. Uh, this movie, none of the action sequences super stick out to me like the submarine. Like I think the magnet thing is cool, but I don't know. I, I need There's to a see lot of it. magnets. So it's like There's a lot what magnet scene, what magnet yeah. scene I, I mean, trumps it over the other. Yeah. I, the third act scene is the one I'm really thinking of. I, the, for me, I would have to see this one again. I only saw it once and I saw it a couple weeks ago at a press screening. So I, uh-huh. I would love to go try and go see it in like a packed theater. Um, so I was actually going to go see it last night. My dog got stung by a bee on his paw. Oh, so I canceled yeah. my ticket because I just wanted to make sure he'd be okay. Yeah, you heard me. Just, As he makes an appearance. Yeah, <laughs> On he's cue. Down, he's sleeping. Yeah, he's down. Chilling. Um, so I wasn't going to see it last night, but because of that, I decided to cancel my ticket. I, it's a mixed bag. It's very much like F8. I think it's a very mixed bag. It's in the middle, maybe towards the bottom of the middle, kind of like what Brandon said. Yeah. I think the new stuff in it, John Cena is okay. He, he's fine. He's nothing great. He's no rock. Um, yeah. you, I solely miss having stayed in the rock in this movie and it felt a little too much in, I'll get into more of the spoilers about Vin Diesel's character and what his backstory is. Cause that's a huge part of this movie that was not advertised. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate here from you guys just because like I have no attachment to it and this is kind of what I want from the fast movies. So <clears throat> honestly, like this might be right behind furious seven and fast five for me like even even fate of the furious i enjoyed because i i mean it's 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 tough because you know we see how far the campiness can get with hobbs and shaw it's a little Mm -hmm. too campy but then at the same time so you want some groundedness it seems like these fast movies 
haven't found the middle ground there. But I would rather, you know, Vin Diesel try to act really bad and laugh at it than just watch a bunch of nonsense on the screen like like Hobbs and Shaw was. Um, so I, I, I really, really dug this movie. Um, it, it might be like I'd have to watch it again. It might be right ahead of Furious 7 for me. Like, I had a great time. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) that's cool. I just, that's crazy. Listen, (laughs) I I got some hot takes about the Furious franchise. I mean, you know, that just, I have no attachment to it. And it's funny because I was bringing this up to Brandon before we started recording. I feel this way even after, you know, getting an IMAX ticket and 50 minutes into the movie, uh, it just stopped. So, oh, really? so yeah, I, I was, we, we got, it's funny. Uh, I, I'm an A-list guy. Are you, I think Hell you yeah. are too, Josh, right? So they have, I think, I don't know if it's at every theater, but they have a offer where you can get a hundred pretzel bites for $30. So me and my buddy, were going to crush a hundred pretzel bites during this movie. We do not have that here. <laughs> and we only, we only got to about 60 and then Jesus. it just, it just turned off. Um, so I, found a way to watch it not mm-hmm. you know just i had to do what i had to do um but even after all of that i still had an unbelievable time mm-hmm. and th- this is like the the most summer movie that you can find like the, it's hot out go into the theater totally. air conditioning watch some cars yeah. and magnets and space there's no better time for fast nine to come out than right now like it's yeah. the perfect yeah. time get to the movie theater have some dumb fun go see it mm-hmm. that's what it is totally yeah good. And it and it made it, it made the most money this past weekend than any other movie so far. So mm-hmm. it's 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 a good sign. Although I'm still you know hopefully that in the heights gets like two hundred more million dollars. It's not going to happen. But um, anyway, guys. So that was the non spoiler. Let's get to spoilers because there is a lot to talk about here. Um, I, I don't even know where to start. Uh, <laughs> right, I'll start with the yeah. whole the whole flashback. You know, Dom's brother, dad, that whole thing was not shown in the trailers. No. And I'm sitting here in the theater and I'm like, and I'm like, holy crap. At first, I give him some credit because good for them for not ruining any of that in trailers. And I thought it was just going to be the opening of the movie, but they keep going back to it. Like the first hour of the movie, I was like, wow, there's a lot of time going back to young John Cena, young Vin Diesel uh, going through whatever they went through. So I thought that was kind of fascinating. Those it was almost like a cool little prequel. Um, I said the same thing. At at the same time, that's what I'm. How have we not heard about this brother who's in a super? It makes no sense. That's the problem. Like this thing's all been about family, but and you guys have had a brother this whole time that we haven't talked about. And not (laughs) only that, but the the, what's the off chance that their brother goes off to be this super? James Bond villain, like what? What is happening? And then at that point, why is Hobbs and Shaw not here? This is like exactly what they do. They go after these kind of people. I, I don't know. It felt really. Uh, it felt like they were writing around things that they couldn't do. Like we can't have Hobbs and Shaw, so let's just ignore it. We're gonna have Han come back. We don't really have a great explanation, so let's just give him a little backstory with a new character, and people will just be happy to have him back. Uh, yeah, so to me, those were the biggest things. John Cena's turn back to good didn't really make sense either. Uh, but you saw it coming. You knew it was coming. It was know, coming. a thousand percent. I knew it was coming. As soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, he'll be 
It's just like Jason Statham. He's a bad guy, turns good. He'll be part of the crew coming the next one. And that bummed me out too because I thought it would have been way more interesting because obviously the series is about family, right? They keep saying mm-hmm. it over and over and over again. It would have been way more interesting if um, Dom had to choose between his brother and then saving the world because I feel like yeah. the, every time and uh, you know it happened with Statham, it now happened with Cena. You know, they start off as villains and then for whatever reason, they join the crew. So yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I thought that would have been way more interesting of a of a an arc. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? If I can, I mean, we might jump around a little bit here, but it's on topic Absolutely. of what you're saying. Oh, did you see the post credit scene? Yeah. Uh I my the way I viewed it did not have a post credit scene. Okay, I got you. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just uh it's Jason Statham beating up this this uh, this uh, punching bag. <laughs> punching Someone's bag. in there. Someone knocks at the door. He goes to answer the door. It's Han. And it's like, it shuts off. So I'm oh sitting there God. like, we've seen multiple movies where the enemy becomes friendly with yes. the family. What? How am I supposed to get any excitement about a potential Han versus versus Deckard Shaw match off when you know they're going to be friendly? They're already friendly with Deckard. Yeah. They probably told Han where to go get him or where to find him. So something like that, like to tease that, I'm just like everyone makes up. Like this family makes up with everyone. They ha- they hold no grudges. And like that's the thing, Deckard. I'm not Deckard. <laughs> um, what's uh, Stan's name? Just Shaw. I don't know. Just Shaw. Call, yeah, Deckard, 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 Deckard Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He literally know. there's open, seven opens up with the montages like killing hundreds right. so, whole, <laughs> cops at a hospital. Like this dude killed dudes, and then. John Cena is like a James Bond villain. He's about to take over the world. He's about to ruin the whole world. Yeah. And it's like, hey, he's my brother. It's all good. You're good now. It's just like, you don't go from ultimate villain to, you know, stay them. You watch those movies after seven. They really are doing their best to like, oh, he was forced to do it because his brother, Charlie Theron's really the bad guy. And I'm like, okay, you're jumping through a lot of hoops, but you're doing something. I don't know how you come back with. I don't know how you come back with John Cena. This guy belongs in jail. No, no doubt about it. Uh, it's just kind of ridiculous. But again, I think that's like a contract you sign when you go to watch these movies. You know, it's gonna, guess, it's yeah. not going to make sense. No. It's going to be ridiculous. It's a soap opera. Literally, a character has come back from amnesia who didn't know who she was. Is <laughs> like the most soap opera like one one hundred one. Uh, with Michelle Rodriguez. So for me, it's just, it's hard to get caught up in those things. Just give me some entertaining action. Yeah. The issue I'm thinking with this is they're getting too much into the soap opera stuff to the point where it's starting to overshadow the action and the fun. And I think that's the issue we've had with the last two with nine and eight. Yeah. I, I, and with the Han stuff, like we kind of hinted at it in non-spoiler, I, I still have no clue how this worked. Like they said, okay, Mister Nobody performed some kind of magic trick, uh, but we never like we saw Han in that car. Mm-hmm. So is is that uh, I don't know? Was it a robot with Han's face? He's in the what, fucking was it car. A, He's in he, the car. He was in the car, and then you see him with Mister Nobody on the yeah, side. It's like what just happened? Is there a hologram? What are we doing here? <laughs> I don't it, it, know what's going on. And uh, the the big weapon 
this one is like I respect Mission Impossible because Mission Impossible is at the point where we don't, they don't even give a name to what the thing is in part three. They, it's just a rabbit's foot. Like you, know, it's, they're yeah. like it doesn't yeah. even matter what it is. It is just something that we need to get. These Fast Furious movies, it's like God's Eye was like okay, this thing. I still not hundred percent sure what this thing was supposed to do. It just nope. it was like a no cube clone. that came together and it took over all the internet. I I still don't hundred percent sure. You had to go into space it's, for the satellites, yeah. and the satellite yeah. was gonna. I, what, what? It's it's getting to the point where it's like don't even give it a name. Just say we need to get this. Make a joke out of it because all those things are right now is excuse to get us to the next set piece. Um, again, I think Vin Diesel is taking the series a little more serious than everybody else. I just don't understand the universe, like even the rules, because I mean, we've seen Vin Diesel and all of like these huge car crashes, right? He he mm-hmm. goes over a mountain, he's swinging on yeah. a vine, the car crashes with Letty in this one. No, and they made a joke afterwards. Yeah, right? <laughs> not, it was not, like invincibility, just straight joke. Like, like no, we yes. didn't just almost die after doing a stupid stunt. We're just going to make a joke after it. Not one scratch on him, but yet he fist fights with John Cena and he's got a scratch on his face. What like what for what? Vin Diesel to drive towards that broken bridge? Like the odds of it happening the way that it happened is like a there's no physics. It, it's like he has a death wish because he had to know when he was about to do that. There's probably you know only a one percent chance this will actually work, and he's just like I'm gonna do it. Yeah, and, and Ludacris is like <laughs> Ludacris is telling uh, you know him up in in space mm-hmm. about all the physics and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they they try to explain the physics in that aspect, but they don't explain the physics of a car jumping yeah. from you know building to building in a movie, or you know it just it makes no sense. I'll say this: I was kind of excited beginning of this movie when Tyrese was having this whole like we can't die scenario because I yeah. really thought they were setting up for a really fun sequence at the end where he's just. I, was, I pictured like a sequence where he's just walking through pure chaos. Like everyone's yelling him, get down, get down. He's And they never really did that. Like they set up for a great joke slash kind of sequence that never really came to be. And I was like, they didn't really go anywhere with that storyline. And I was like, I pictured yeah. like Rogue One where he's just, I am one with the force. The force is one. He's just <laughs> walking through all the blasters to get to the button. I pictured like a Tyrese type scene like that, but more comedic. And it didn't go anywhere. All he said was driving to the satellite. And I was like, yeah. really? I was like, you set up for a really interesting thing there. And you just kind of banded it halfway through the movie. It's just really over the top. And Brandon, uh, you kind of hinted at the, the magnet scene before. Um, that whole chase, again, didn't make any sense. Um, you know, one, you know, Cena's car goes through a whole building, but when they turn on the magnets or at any other time, there's no other cars going through on the opposite mm-hmm. side of, you know, the street or anything made, made no sense. But I did yeah. like that Ramsey wasn't able to drive like in the fast and the furious. You finally have a person that actually can't drive. I thought right. that was actually pretty creative. So for me, like the new characters that they've introduced, in this series, I haven't gravitated to like Mr. Nobody. I love Kurt Russell, but I, I don't care about the Mr. Nobody wow. character at all. Um, I don't think that Cypher is a really good, I like as Charlie Theron, she's awesome. I don't think that she's a great villain. I just yeah. can't get into her at all. Electro vibes going on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Ramsey, I mean, she's a side character, so it's not like you need to get too into her, but she's for her, fine. it's just like it's almost like, oh, that's right, she's a part of this team now. 
Like yeah. this movie was like the first time I kind of cared about her because they gave mm-hmm. her a little bit more than what she was doing before. The fact yeah. that, oh, she can't drive. Like, like I'm always saying, like, why is she always in the driver's seat? Like, it, like, like what's going on? Like, why is she like driving these cars? Like, even Mia is able to drive cars and whatnot. But she hadn't seen, we hadn't seen anything with her. But the fact that she can't drive, I thought that was really interesting. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're going through the town with like the magnets and everything. And they're able to turn on and go the, the opposite way and kind of have cars go. You know, it, it was it was interesting for sure, but definitely wacky. I mean, seeing like all of this debris coming out of like the store with like people mm-hmm. just standing there and the guy yeah. just standing there like, oh, what's going on? Like all of this stuff is just flying by him. It's just it, it was it so was wacky. Cool. But <laughs> yeah, for sure. Of, absolutely. Remind me of Six Underground, which kind of beat them to mm. it, where the whole end of the movie the same thing is he has a super magnet taking guns away. And I feel like there's actually more creative stuff being done at the end of that movie. Like there's a scene where Ryan Reynolds is fighting in the kitchen and he turns it on and like knives just are thrown into dudes. I was like, okay, I thought it was kind of done better in that scenario. in that film again, Michael Bay versus Justin Lin. Uh, and also I felt like what other film in the fast Furious franchise might've been seven, might've been six where it's a very similar thing where they're trying to take down a truck and it has like guns on the side and the whole, action sequence is them trying to take out this one armored kind of like caravan mm, i man. think is, was it the highway one uh, I, I think so yeah i think yeah. that was in six when they were on a highway yeah. with like the tank and everything yeah so it felt similar to like stuff they'd done in the past the magnet thing was new but nothing in this movie again I, i'm only gonna say this because i rewatch it the submarine thing at the end of eight is I think a better set piece than anything in this movie. And that's a shame. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed all of it. I enjoyed all of the set pieces. Um, yeah, I think, you know, they have elements of the other ones in previous movies, but just mm-hmm. turned up to like 20. Um, you know, it, there's kind of a groundedness. That tank highway scene is still, I think one of the best. Very cool. Yeah, one yeah, of the best actions. When the tank busts through, it's just, it's oh, just man. It's a cool it's, visual. <laughs> and then Luke Chris, like, we got a tank. <laughs> right. um, I don't know. I, I feel like the magnet thing was cool. The whole caravan, them trying to stop that thing. The money is on the screen, no doubt about it. Oh, yeah. Um, I just don't know if it quite is as good as some of the past films when it comes yeah. to set pieces. And I know you mentioned, like, Cena should be locked up. All of these people should be locked up. Yes. I, I mean, these people are out of their minds you know you mentioned with the magnets all this stuff coming out of the stores you're gonna yeah. tell me that nobody was injured or, or killed yeah. well, by these things flying around and the and the police cars like flipping I mean, listen, around and fast five that safe killed at least 100 people oh yeah <laughs> i mean innocent people that were just driving to work were destroyed because these guys were trying to drag so Again, that's something you just watch this movie. You're like, oh, damage! It's like Man of Steel, right? <laughs> it's, just, it's just you can't deal with it. Yeah, especially like Dom. And there's one scene specifically. Dom kills a lot of dudes. Like that scene where they're like running away. I forgot mm-hmm. wherever this like hideout was at. And he's like telling them like, "Let oh, yeah. to go," and he closes the yeah. door and like. You know, I thought it was a cool thing because they turned the magnet thing on and took away the guy's gun so they didn't have yep. to shoot. So I thought that was cool. And then Vin Diesel just comes in and, like, starts ripping these dudes apart. Like, he oh, yeah. does, like, the Bane back break yes. across, yeah. across, the, <laughs> across the, the, the ledge there. He's throwing dudes off of the, the ledge like they're uh, – there's another, there's another Batman, Batman reference off, yeah. like, uh, Two-Face and, and Batman Forever. 
and then, then he's like pulling chains and like thing, though yeah oh, ends with the thing it's like okay he's walking through his memories i don't know what the hell is going on yeah i was like what is happening right now this but is you not know, the younger dom is actually his son and i was like why what i didn't know i didn't know that is exactly i noticed the other kid from uh from animal kingdom because i've seen that before but mm-hmm. i didn't know the other i knew him from uh peaky blinders he's yeah. he's in that oh, show okay. um so if it's his kid I mean, it's it's inevitable. There's going to be a prequel, right? He wants his kid to be a movie star. I think that's what it's going to come down to. Okay. Right? Like that, that's going to be one of the spinoffs. A they, young Dom. They didn't necessarily need to use him, but I felt like they could have maybe fleshed out that story and actually done a prequel. Like I'm sitting there, like God, I don't want to see this in in, in the, the sense of Fast Nine. I just want to see the action. But if they kind of did the, their own yeah. movie, I felt like you know it, it, it could actually work. Obviously, it's maybe time to bring this this series to to an end, but. If they wanted to do something, I felt like they had a decent story there. I mean, this is a story that they talked yeah. about from the first movie that they went back to. I thought that was really cool. I'll say this. I'm glad they didn't de-age. I'm glad they didn't oh go the Marvel God, yeah. route. Right. I was like, thank God they just actually <laughs> cast younger people because that would have been a whole... I mean, there's CGI Vin Diesel in this movie several times. That fight <laughs> scene you talked about, like, there's scenes in there. I'm like, dude, you're you're younger. He's got to be at least the same age or younger than, John, than uh, Keanu Reeves. And Keanu Reeves is out there kicking ass, doing his own stunts. Vin Diesel can't jump off a platform without being a CGI stunt double. It's like, right. what is this dude doing? <laughs> Hit the gym, oh do some stunts, man. <laughs> I don't even see CGI Vin Diesel running around. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, I listen. It's it's craziness, but that's what I want. I'd rather have mm-hmm. this craziness than like straight racing for another three or four movies because I'm not into cars. So that's why I was yeah. kind of hesitant to watch the earlier ones because if you're not really into cars i don't know if it's mm-hmm. going to connect with you because there's just so many like car terms i'm like what, what is this the cars and coronas that's basically all like the the first three or four are um i mean to but, me fast and furious is like the fast food action junkie kind of movie whereas like mission possible is like a nice restaurant sit down <laughs> like how to make a reservation that is like action filmmaking on our level whereas this is more of a fast food kind of you know it's bad, but you, For you, yeah. you enjoy yeah. it while you're sitting there eating it. <laughs> so, like, because you mentioned Mr. Possible earlier, and I think I did too. That series is just another level, I think, of quality. Yeah. Um, you you go in and you get a really great movie. I think Fallout is one of the best action films we've had past five years. Whereas these, I'll never say that about a Fast and Furious movie, but I'll always say I had a fun time. Brandon, anything else you wanted to add? I know you're you're a huge fast guy. Anything else that you uh, wanted to mention? Um, like I said, I mean the introduction of like new characters, like Hans, like friend. I guess I, I just didn't really care care about that story that's at all. All like, about the Chinese market, man. They're making yeah, their money in China. That's yeah, what that's all about. I didn't even think of that honestly, and that that makes sense for sure. Um, yeah, I just again the the new characters that they just introduced, and like I said, just. It looks like Cypher, she's going to be back again because she just kind of walks away from that little thing. So they're going to have her <laughs> back. They're going to have Cena back. I didn't think Cena was like the greatest villain, but I didn't think he was very bad. I saw for the first time. He didn't time, have much to do. Like yeah. he, he didn't get that much. I saw for the first time. I saw the, uh, what is it? No Time to Die. Is that the ne- next Bond mm-hmm. movie? I saw yeah. the trailer and I saw uh, Rami Malek, who I, I love him. I, I love uh, Mr. Robot. And I love mm-hmm. him in it. I did like I didn't I wasn't very convinced of him as a a villain, but I think maybe John Cena might be a little bit less honestly. 
I honestly, when I saw Cena standing there, and obviously I've seen Cena for years watching wrestling and whatnot, mm-hmm. he really looked like he could be like a Terminator. Like, like if they wanted to do like another Terminator movie or something like that, which mm-hmm. I don't think they should, but if they wanted to do something like that, I felt like he could fit the build for that really well. For a villain in this movie, and especially you're just really taking the spot of Hobbs, of The Rock, don't think it really worked all that too well. But we'll see what they do in the next movie. It's definitely going to be a next one, so we'll see what they do with him. We'll see if they bring sight. Well, they're going to bring her back, but they'll see what they do with her. Uh, The main thing is just there needs to be some... like Someone needs to die in the next movie. Like It it has to happen. It (laughs) it sucks sucks to say that, but when I was sitting there thinking about who would be the best person for that to happen, um, you know, Ludacris is not going to really care anything about it. Ramsey not going to care about that. Honestly, if they were to kill off Roman, I feel like people would be affected by that just because he is the comic relief when it comes to the group. He's the one to kind of keep everyone down to level five. So I feel like if they got rid of him, it, it would put a little bit more weight on this story. Grant, obviously, Dom, you can kill him off. And that would mean he'll get his Caesar from uh, War for the Planet of the Apes moment. He'll get that in, like, the last movie. But, uh, again, I feel like... It's going like to end it, with them all at a cookout, yeah. sharing beers, <laughs> how every single one of these movies end. No one's going to die. I, I just, I feel yeah. like some type of weight needs to, especially if they're going to do two part finale. Like, you went into space. Like, what, mm-hmm. what can you do next? Well, you know, Vin gave a quote the other other day that he would love to do a musical version of The Fast and Furious. Good God. He, he was actually dying to do it. That's what he said. He was dying to do a musical. Oh, um, not do that. You saw what In the Heights is doing. Hey, hey, In <laughs> no the Heights, business. fantastic movie. Listen, nope, I'm I, just saying, I'm not making any money. Yeah, that's a, that's true. But uh, yeah, guys, um, I think that's all we have to say about F9. Listen, I I liked it more than you two. I think it's a, a great time. Um, you know, it's it is what it is. If you accept, and I think at this point, everybody who watches these movies. Everybody's invincible. Nothing serious is going to really happen. You're going to have some uh, explosions, cars, uh, Corona light. So it, it's like, what, what else do you want here? Like, you, you know what you're going to get. Um, so I, I think it's still, you know, a good time in the theater. So if you can make it out, watch it. It's not streaming uh, on like any of the platforms. So you got to go to the theater, try to watch it in like an IMAX or Dolby. Um, it's easy for us, Josh, because I mean we can sign up for anything. Mm-hmm. Love it. I always go Dolby first, but IMAX is a good second. Did you see the quick question? Did you see yeah. the Jurassic World? I wanted to bring this up. I didn't see it, so okay. I was hoping to see it last night. Did I'll you see s- it? Yes. How was um, it? looked amazing. Okay. I will say though, um, nobody expected it. There was no like tease like okay here's the preview for jurassic world i legitimately thought this movie was starting in prehistoric times i was extremely confused i thought they were gonna like some kind of metaphor for like family or i I don't know what was going on but it actually looked really really good and i'm not i'm not a jurassic world person i'm like strictly original jurassic park the others i can do without but it actually looked amazing i'm gonna have to check it out yeah they should. They showed. Um, it was a trailer they showed before the movie. It's it, not even a trailer. It's like no. a scene. I got it's you. It's like it's like I a prologue. 
Didn't gotcha. they do that for the last one? I feel like they did that for the Fallen Kingdom. They showed something before a movie with Maybe. the opening scene. Maybe. And so I think this was the opening scene and then it kind of just devolves into like a montage, but mm-hmm. you don't see any of the characters. It's just like the dinosaurs, dinosaurs. taking over. Um, <laughs> it, it looked really good. I'm not getting my hopes up because I mm-hmm. think the whole Jurassic World series is garbage. Um, but it, it, they look like most most of the time these trailers and these clips look good. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the movie and it's completely different. Gotcha. All right, guys. So we're going to wrap it up. But before we go, we have a little game called the Pick pick Perfect Minute. So this is 60 seconds. Uh, Josh, you're very familiar with the speed round uh, Mm -hmm. in the Schmodown. So you're (laughs) ready for this. I'm going to do it to uh, Josh first. And then we're going to go to Brandon. Uh, You got 60 seconds. It's basically this or that questions movie related questions um 60 cents 60 seconds is up that's it all right so whenever you're ready josh you let me know hit me all right favorite movie snack raisin nets favorite movie drink nice cold coca-cola star wars or marvel marvel james bond or mission impossible mission impossible if you could see one movie for the first time in theaters again what would it be a film that I've seen in theaters before or something I've never seen in theaters? Anything you've seen that you would want to re-experience for the first time? Uh, Braveheart. Oh, comedies or dramas? Dramas. Scarlett Johansson or Emma Stone? Scarlett Johansson. A seat in the front, middle, or back of the theater? Middle. Dolby, Dolby or IMAX? I'll go Dolby. Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler? Jim Carrey. Batman or Superman? Superman. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Lord of the Rings. All day. And that's it. So pretty <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. All <laughs> correct answers. 10 out of 10. Jim. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect round. Wow, I can't wait to see where Brandon lies here. Oh, All right. So I, I don't have that many different questions because no, I, I cut it close. I want to hear his, I want to hear his answers to my questions. I have a few <laughs> different ones and then we're going to okay. go back to the other ones. So 60 okay. seconds, Brandon, whenever you're ready, you let me know. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Lights on or off when mo- watching movies at home? Lights off. Physical media or digital movies? I'm digital. Sorry. Do you stay through the credits? Yes. DiCaprio or Pitt? Pitt. Favorite streaming service? Uh, right now, HBO Max. Favorite movie snack? Uh, Snicker Bites. Jim Carrey or Adam Sandler? Jim Carrey. Batman or Superman? Batman. James Bond or Mission Impossible? Mission Impossible. Star Wars or Marvel? Marvel. Favorite movie drink? Uh, just water. Oh, that's boring. I know. Uh, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Lord of the Rings. Scarlett Johansson or Emma Stone? Scarlett Joe. Seat in the front, middle, or back of the theater? A middle guy. And if you could see one movie for the first time again, what would it be? Uh, probably Jurassic Park, but maybe I would like to see Endgame again just for the experience. Uh, perfect. Exactly one minute. That's it, guys. Thank you so much for being here on another episode of Picture Perfect. Brandon, we'll start with you. Anything you got to plug, my man? What's going on with you? Nothing at all. I'm on Twitter, the real classic. Uh, just know me tweeting about basketball. That's it, right? That's all I basketball, got going on. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. Josh, how about you, buddy? Yeah, I'm 
a lot of basketball and movies and football uh, when the sports are going on. Uh, yeah, at JT Movie Things, catch me there talking all that stuff. And guys, I, you, I got to yeah. ask Brandon, who you like for the finals? I I'm rooting for the Suns. It's just a cool, okay. it's a cool story for sure. The Suns versus either the Hawks or the Bucks will be will be fine with it. So okay. Giannis getting his first ring, Chris Paul being in the finals will be cool. Mm-hmm. Trey Young, anyone but the Clippers is what I'm going for. I, I, Trey Young versus Booker would be pretty yes, fun for sure. So again, okay, anyone yeah, but the Clippers. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> And guys, you can uh, catch this uh, podcast on all of the platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere you can find podcasts. It's on there. YouTube, Picture Perfect, uh, Twitter, at Pick Perfect Cast. Uh, you can find me at Bobby is Gross on Twitter. And thank you so much, guys, for watching. Next week, we have the Tomorrow War. What is that movie? Not many people know. It's an Amazon movie. It's got Chris Pratt. We'll see how it goes. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for listening and watching, and we'll catch you guys next week.